Oh, g'day mate, 40 here. So I just watched the 2021 movie Nitrum and uh, it's about the Port Arthur mass shootings in 1996. It's the biggest mass shooting in Australian history. So 35 people were murdered by this uh, mentally ill kid. And the subtitles place the emphasis on gun ownership and uh, subtitles complain that more people own own guns now than when in Australia than when the shootings occurred. But Australia's had incredibly strict gun control since 1996. Within 12 days, the federal government passed uh, strict gun control laws. So the movie is pretty fair dinkum. It's the subtitles at the end want to place the, the blame on guns. Oh, it's a gut-wrenching movie. It's uh, an hour and 51 minutes, and only the last uh, four minutes of the movie are about what, what happened at Port Arthur. So th this is, these are the thoughts that ran through my head when I was watching the movie, that uh, your, your unhappiness is, is not something that's just a private matter, right? Unhappiness affects other people. So uh, thinking about what this kid did, but this nitro, in, as displayed in this Nitro movie, what, what the guy did in Port Arthur, right? Your unhappiness is going to spill over to other people. It's going to infect other people. There's nothing that you do that's not going to affect other people, right? Everything we do, everything we say affects other people. And so you don't get to just be miserable on your own and think, oh, this doesn't affect anyone else, right? It's always going to affect somebody else. Your misery, your social dysfunction, your antisocial attitudes, your lack of hygiene, your you know, bad clothing habits, your disrespect, it's always going to affect other people. Your misery is always going to affect other people. So I guess the, the, the centrist or the left-wing reaction to this type of movie is we need stricter and more gun control. And I look at this and think how profoundly our unhappiness can affect other people. So you don't get to just go off on your own because you're unhappy and say, screw everybody else, right? Because even what you do on your own, whether you're watching video games or you're watching pornography or you're watching sports, everything you do affects other people, right? There's no decision that you make that does not affect other people. And my, my view of world politics is the same as my view of these sorts of issues. We're all locked in an iron cage together, right? We can, we can have gated communities, but they only work to, to a moderate degree. In the end, we're all stuck in an iron cage together. And so that's why we all have an interest in how other people behave and how other people even spend their spare time. If you spend your spare time doing drugs, right, that's going to negatively affect other people. If you spend your spare time studying Torah, that's going to affect other people. If you don't hold down a job, right, that's going to affect other people. If you don't take your meds when you need your meds, that's going to affect other people. So, gut-wrenching movie about a mother played by Judy Davis doing the best she can with this mentally ill, deeply troubled kid. And how some people were kind to this kid. And how dangerous it is to be kind to dangerous people. 
when when you see the, the degree of disrespect that this kid exhibits, you want to flee from people like this. Also makes you think you never want to disrespect people or humiliate them unnecessarily, because you, you never know how people are going to explode. Have I seen the ABC expose on the Turpin family case? No, I I have not. But uh, Nitrum's a powerful movie, and it'd be useful to know like what types of, of mental illness such as with the uh, Port Arthur killings like what types of mental illness are you know the most dangerous for everybody else because you got a mental illness that's going to affect other people All right so Martin Bryant talking about the movie Nitram N-I-T-R-A-M which is what the other kids would call Martin Bryant, because he, he was mentally ill and he seemed to do everything backwards. So instead of calling him Martin, they, they turned his name around. Port Arthur was not a false flag. Like this notion that all these major events are false flags, that, that's, that's nonsense. <laughs> if, you're, if you're reading all sorts of conspiratorial meaning into events where it's not there, it's coming out of a desperate lack of connection. Right? So you don't have normal human connection, so you're seeing connection in random events that, that aren't there. So Martin Bryant, the shooter, pled, pled guilty. But, wow. Nitro just came out. So he, he globbed on to this very rich woman, Helen Harvey, who bequeathed him about $570,000 and used part of this money to go on trips around the world and to buy guns. And uh, so his suspected motivations for the massacre or the refusal of uh, these owners of a vacation property or the Seascape property to uh, sell to Martin and his father. So kid was mentally ill read deadly deception of porn arthur by joe vialis bro i don't know anything but if you think this is a false flag that's just uh completely absurd right so yeah that he the kid had an iq of 66 i i believe that but uh, people with an iq of 66 are capable of committing mass murder so the average IQ of people in prison is in the high 80s. I'm hopeless, mate? Yeah, because I, I don't believe in these nonsense theories that uh, things like the Port Arthur massacre or, or mass killing. So if, you, if you're seeing that as some sort of uh, false flag operation, then you've got a desperate need for meaning, which is completely warping your worldview. But more important than that, it's... it's uh, it's revealing a life that's desperately lacking in human connection. And so because you don't get the human connection, you're reading connection into random events and conspiracy theories that connections that aren't there, right? We were built to connect. You don't connect with people. You will like look out into the world and see all sorts of connections that aren't there. When you connect with people, you calm down and you don't have this desperate need to try to read meaning into events where, where there is no connection, right? You get that human connection, then you calm down and you don't have to read connection in the way that the wind blows through the leaves or you don't have to try to see 
connection in messages that the TV said or the, the radio is sending you or, you know, there are these hidden messages in advertising billboards, all right? You calm down from the human connection and then you don't have to read connection into all sorts of random events. Like much of life is random, right? Most of the order that we see in life just exists only in our head. It's because life is so random. It is frequently so far beyond our ability to understand that we then try to impose onto reality our own precepts and belief about how the world should work. And therefore that's how the world does work. But almost all the ways that we make uh, sense of sense of the world, it's just these patterns just exist purely in our head, right? And if we had the human connection, we wouldn't so desperately need to read patterns into random events where patterns aren't there. We wouldn't need to see conspiracies and uh, you know certain groups just holding us back and holding us down. So, I mean, this this kid Martin Bryant, right? deeply troubled and this movie is just oh it's chilling absolutely chilling so i mean this kid not seeing obvious patterns is a sign of mental deficiency yeah if you see patterns that are really there then that serves you if you're seeing patterns that aren't there but you're having to read meaning into random events where it's not there that that's a sign of a deeply disturbed and lacking life so, I mean, from a very young age, he was antisocial. He, he took pleasure in causing other people pain. And uh, this is not entirely foreign to me. When I got out of six years of chronic fatigue syndrome, I thought, man, I've lost out on my 20s you know, when I should be you know, sleeping with all sorts of women. Now I'm going to go out and get mine. And that did not lead me to be particularly kind and gentlemanly and a good person with regard to women. I just, uh, I just had the, the attitude, oh, I've got to go out and get mine. And uh, there were complications when I was about age six or seven. I think when I was seven, when I went out and I lit fires. It was like the most antisocial, most dangerous thing I ever did. And trying to understand that behavior of mine now, I figure I wanted to make the outside world kind of match my inner world. So I had an inner world of, of feeling on fire, a flame, and so desolation. You now I felt desolation inside, and so I wanted to take the desolation that I felt inside and make everybody else miserable. So when somebody's miserable, they're usually not happy to just be miserable on their own, right? They want to make other people miserable. We all want other people to feel what we're feeling. So I believe in Judaism, so it's... You know, it's really important to me that people understand, appreciate, and love uh, Judaism. Or, you know, whatever I'm into, I want to share it with people. So if you're happy, you want to share your happiness. If you're content, you want to share your contentment, and you want to give and help other people. If you're miserable, you want to drag other people down. Right? If your own life is frustrating and you're not accomplishing anything, then you want to get lost in, in drama and cause drama all around you because... Drama is a very quick and relatively easy way of filling you up inside, making you feel as though you've got some importance and that your life has some meaning and that you matter. So instead of getting something done, you get lost in, in drama or you get a thrill from causing other people pain. And, uh, and, and 
I mean, I've often gotten the thrill from my life from uh, winding people up or you know, cutting people down with, with humor or very quick verbal responses. And when I did that, it wasn't, wasn't usually coming from a particularly happy place. You need to project the idea that the world is an orderly, safe place that is worthy to return to. Yeah, so there are some irrational beliefs that probably serve us. So we, we do tend to think of the world around us as much more safe than it is. The world is much more random and dangerous than we consciously think about because it would cause us tremendous pain and anxiety if we did not kind of fool ourselves about how the outside world is much safer than it really is. Bro, you need to believe every government sign up because you are mentally unwell and need the peace of mind to uh, return to. I don't know. I, I don't believe uh, everything the government says. So I don't believe everything the CDC says or the FD, FDA says. I don't believe everything every government agency. You have to understand everything critically. You have to understand who's saying something, um, what's the basis that they're saying something, what's the evidence. All right. We have to understand everything critically. So I ipso facto reject all conspiracy theories because they burst my bubble. I don't have a bubble. If you mean conspiracy theories, things for which there's no evidence. Yeah, I reject things for which there's no evidence. Right. But obviously there are conspiracies that, that take place in real life. So 9-11 was a conspiracy by Al-Qaeda to damage the United States and take down the World Trade Center and damage the, the Pentagon and probably send a plane into Congress or the White House. Well, none of the conspiracy theories that you're, you're buying into bottles is there evidence for. I mean, this idea that the Port Arthur massacre was a false flag, there, there's no evidence for that. So if uh, if you want to tell me that Lee Harvey Oswald had some sort of conversation in the Cuban embassy in Mexico before he shot John F. Kennedy, then yeah, I'm, I'm open to that. Well, Bottles, you keep saying I'm hopeless, mate, but you're tuning into my live streams. So I would never tune into someone's live streams if, uh, if, if I thought they were absolutely hopeless. I haven't even looked into the Port Arthur massacre. Yeah, I've done a little bit of reading about the Port Arthur massacre. So the, the filmmaker's main takeaways is that we, mainly, we need to restrict the right to bear arms. So my takeaway is how dangerous a human being is. My, my fundamental understanding of the way the world works is that a human being is fundamentally a dangerous and flawed creature. Right? Human beings are dangerous. That's the basis of the right-wing view of the world and how the world works, is the human being is fundamentally a dangerous creature. So rather than the left-wing view or the enlightenment view that people are born good and then society corrupts, I think generally speaking, people are born quite morally weak and society, by and large, generally speaking, makes people better for all of society's faults, like Australia, United States, France, England, Germany, Norway, Sweden, New Zealand. These societies, these countries, for all their faults, they generally make people better than what they'd be on their own. 
So the Enlightenment view and the left-wing view and the media's view and uh, the academic elite's view, generally speaking, is that human beings are born naturally good and society corrupts them. People on the right, we understand that the human being is fundamentally dangerous and that it is society's duty to shape people and to discourage their more dangerous sides and to incentivize them away from behaving naturally and start behaving unnaturally, right? Putting on deodorant every morning is unnatural, but uh, it's also a good thing. Uh, people are fundamentally you know, smelly and selfish and dangerous. And uh, there are a lot of people out there like the protagonist in this horrifying movie, Nitrum. And it's our duty as a good and healthy society to try to incentivize people to stay on the straight and narrow. I would be in paralyzing fear if I were an Alexander Technique practitioner. <laughs> you should do a tradey side work, get a feel for the, for, uh, yeah, there's so much work out there right now, right? There's so many jobs right now, but uh, not really looking for anything that pays less than six figures. So, concluding thought, reflect on how your selfishness assert the people around you. Reflect on how your selfishness assert your parents, your siblings, your friends, your teachers, your community, random strangers. Like, have some sense of how your selfishness has negatively affected other people. And that, to me, is the, uh, is the fastest path to reality. Right? Just... Just uh, when, when I reflect on how I drove through a red light at 70 miles an hour and there was a group of cars lined up to turn in front of me and the only thing that saved me from you know, running into a car and possibly killing a whole family is either good luck or divine intervention or other people seeing that I wasn't stopping and they, they, they stopped themselves from exercising their rights. So when I realized how very easily I could have caused mass mayhem then that humbles me, it sobers me, and there's nothing that anyone has ever done to me that's nearly as bad as what I almost did to completely innocent people. So as long as I, I keep that you know, in my mind at times, that sobers me and brings me, brings me back down to earth. Whew, this movie, Nitrum, not an easy or a fun, fun movie, but an important movie. Cheers, mate.